Welcome, everybody, to the week 11 edition of the Ride in DFS and Betting Podcast lineup review. We'll talk cash games. We'll talk how my tournament rosters did, lessons that we have learned from week 11, how we can get better, good things, bad things, etc. First things first, this was probably the lowest scoring week that I personally can remember relative the relative to the cash line uh, i think uh, you know somewhere in the 95 99ish range depending on the the contest took home double ups um you know usually we shoot for 3x to cash and double ups it's all relative to the week and how the chalk plays out, but I don't think I've ever seen a week where the chalk did this poorly. It was bad. I personally had a pretty good week. I won 91% of head-to-heads with a 116.34. Cash double-ups fairly easily, like was was in the, obviously was pretty close to the 90th percentile lineup in double-ups. And... You know, if you listen to the live stream, it was because of the thought that I had that the greatest opportunity cost was not at paying up for Josh Allen. The greatest opportunity cost was actually getting stuck with bum running backs, bum receivers, and even a two tight end build. So I went into this thinking that I'm going to pay down at quarterback, right? I think that the gap between Justin Fields or Daniel Jones and Josh Allen is not as great as what you're going to settle for at running back and receiver if you roster Josh Allen, right? And there was no pay downs that I thought were any good under 3K at tight end. So we couldn't like completely punt tight end. So I thought paying up for Josh Allen as I was going through the slate, creating lineups, you know, running optimals, looking at optimals. When I was paying up for Josh Allen, it was just making the rest of the lineup just atrocious. So I actually paid down for Daniel Jones at 5,700. One of the big things we said was that Detroit allows quarterbacks to run the ball a lot. He picked up 50 yards rushing and a rushing touchdown. Uh, he almost outscored Josh Allen just with rushing production. Did I think that was going to happen? Obviously not. I was just hoping Daniel Jones could come within 10 DraftKings points of Josh Allen. More than doubling him up is a pipe dream. Um, that ended up actually happening. Then what happened was <clears throat> we got Kenyon Drake. And I know that opinions differ on Kenyon Drake and whether or not he was a great value. On 4 for 4, his projection bumped up a good bit. And I finally thought that I had an out to to not play Saquon. Because at that point, also said this on the live stream, the only two running backs I was interested in playing was Saquon and David Montgomery because of how owned he was going to be. 
I thought the opportunity cost of, you know, punting at running back and playing like someone like Antonio Gibson or someone that you really didn't like the spot they were in, like Damian Pierce or Ramondre Stevenson, because we weren't sure about Damian Harris. I didn't love those spots, especially for almost 7K. So when Kenyon Drake became available with Gus Edwards out, I thought he would, you know, approach 20 touches. Um, and he was under 6K. So I pulled the trigger on Kenyon Drake. He only went for 7 DK points. He did tweet an apology out to his fantasy managers that he didn't stretch the ball over the goal line. He had a run where he was literally tackled down at the inch line and kept the ball tucked under his arm the entire time. His head hit the hit the goal line and he did not reach the ball out and people were incensed about that. He later tweeted that, you know, he was afraid that he he was going to lose the ball or something. He didn't have a firm grip on it. He didn't want it to get knocked out into the end zone and be a touchback going the other way. Whatever. Um, Also played David Montgomery. Those were the only two running backs I played. Montgomery obviously got there. um, Had had a similar stat line than than what we thought he would. You know, we thought he was going to catch a couple more passes. We thought he was going to get a bunch of ineffective rushes. He did, and we needed him to fall into the end zone. And he did. And he was going to be, you know, massively owned so we had to play him at wide receiver I played four of them I played Stefan Diggs I didn't want to not have any exposure to Josh Allen so what my thought was if Jones can at least stay within the ballpark of Allen I will get exposure to Allen from Diggs if Diggs goes off that's great we get some exposure to that Bills offense I played Amonra St. Brown. He was one of my favorite plays on the slate. I played Terry McLaurin. Uh, got, a t- got a bunch of targets. Went four for 55. Didn't get in the end zone. That was disappointing. Paris Campbell was good enough at 4,300 with... I think he went five for 70 for 12 DK points. Played Dalton Schultz, who only got us 5.2 DK points. And the Steelers defense which only got us two. By the way, for the first week on the the ride-in, the spread picks did not pan out very well. Uh, Who was it? Oh, Steelers. Kept it close the entire game, but just faded at the end there. Couldn't get it done. And the Giants got absolutely torched. I did not see that coming whatsoever. So two losses there. I think we're seven and four on the year now. So, 116, 90% of head-to-heads, easy cash and double-ups, 8-3 and three on the year in cash games. The one thing that I wanted to mention is I actually, um, over the last few weeks, and I've, I've mentioned this on the podcast, I've been getting in these double-ups at 1258, 1259 that are like barely half full. Now, in that minute, they obviously get a little bit more filled up because every there's a lot of people, you know, entering for the overlay. Um, I think it was last week or two weeks ago. I was in double ups where it wasn't even 75% filled. So as long as you had, as long as your lineup didn't absolutely crap out, you were cashing, which was crazy. Um, this week, DraftKings got a little smarter. I'm sure that they 
have someone who researches, uh, you know, contest fill contests filling and things like that. There was not uh, many contests with overlay, uh, double ups at least, at 1258, 1259, right? They didn't make the mistake of opening up an 8,000 man double up at 1253 that only 5,000 people enter. Learn their lesson. So I will have to go back to, and because of it, I didn't have as much double up action this week, unfortunately. As I normally would, right? I saved I saved a slab of of double up action for those late entries, and wasn't able to. I only entered maybe about sixty or seventy percent of the amount of double ups that I normally do because I I saved some for that last second overlay, hoping some contest overlay kind of bit me. In terms of GPPs had a pretty solid week. So this is one of the first weeks. Now you guys know how I play tournaments and cash games, right? I usually leverage some of my cash pieces in tournaments. So I often don't have good weeks together, right? Like if I have a smash cash week, I usually don't have a great tournament week. The best weeks I have is when I barely cash in double ups and the leverage plays hit even better than the cash plays. But this week was a pretty solid week in tournaments. I had a lineup, and when I tell you that the click of a button cost me probably five figures... It is not an exaggeration. I had a really good lineup with Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney in it, even though Mooney didn't do too great. You didn't need much this week. Uh, It had the commander's defense. It had Jonathan Taylor. It had Donovan Peoples-Jones. It had Dawson Knox. And... I made the decision to play a 2v2 of Cordero Patterson and Cortland Sutton over Tony Pollard and someone else. And it's escaping me at the moment. I didn't write it down. It might have been Antonio Gibson. So that, I think that's who it was, Antonio Gibson maybe. And it was the difference in like 40 points and I won a good amount of money with the lineup that I just mentioned and adding Tony Pollard to that would have would have really done some things for the bankroll. But live and learn. Alright, that will do it for the ride in for week 11. I will talk to you I'm going to have a, we're definitely going to obviously do something for Thanksgiving. I don't know if it's going to be a recorded podcast or maybe just a Wednesday night live stream. Uh, maybe we'll like, we'll seriously break down these, these Wednesday games. Cause I'm not writing any content for, actually I am I'm, on fantasy points. I will have a showdown for the final game on, on Thursday, but, um, 
maybe I'll have a like a serious serious fantasy spaces this week for Thanksgiving that'd be pretty cool all right I'll let you guys know see ya